Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This isn't just basketball. This is the NBA playoffs. And with William Hill Sportsbook, you can dial up the playoff intensity from the palm of your hand. Just download the William Hill mobile app and your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free using promo code RADIORF. New users only. Must be 21 years or older and present in Virginia to bet. Paid and free bets. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. William Hill Sportsbook. Proud partner of the NBA. Let's make it interesting. take an album and we go through a track by track with the artists involved we've uh, had pillow queens talk about in waiting we've had alvaretti talk about personal history and now it's time for denise chyla alongside Merley, who produced this to talk about her debut mixtape go bravely it's out now uh, about a week and a bit at this stage we wanted to kind of give it some time for you to have a chance to listen to it um we recorded this episode almost a month ago and i've been absolutely dying to get it out ever since so uh, denise chyla it's been an incredible rise it, she really is the artist of the moment and it's just such an exciting time but I want to go back for a second to the start of 2019 it was in late January when God knows sent me an email about Denise announcing her essentially as an artist um her dual citizenship EP the two track EP that would follow I remember that coming out and anyone who heard it was kind of like what is this this is different this is something incredibly potent and for a debut offering it sounds remarkably accomplished and composed and assured and alive and ready and real so there's been an excitement about Denise now for a quite a like the last couple of years really um but this is the time now and it's just an incredible cementing of an artist uh, the first beginnings really in terms of you know I guess what this mixtape represents and what it represents to her but like I remember at the time like if I go back to my email from um from the start of January in 2019 
the the words that Denise had written down about the dual citizenship EP, she described it as a remix of anthems and flags and a joyful rejection of hand-me-down definitions and labels. It was for the nomadic dreamers, the diasporic believers, the space makers and the boundary breakers. She said she was so excited to share this EP, a taster for the music that she'd been longing to make since she first picked up a pen. The two songs are a small glimpse into a transatlantic emotional journey and the answer to a question I get so often it's tatted on my heart. Where are you from and where are you going? We're not lost, we're on our way, she says. Now, if you jump forward to September 2020, when we recorded this interview, October now, we're on our way proved prophetic. 21, 22 months later, there's the very real feeling that Denise Trila is in fact a bright new star. A day after I spoke with her, she appeared on The Late Late Show, entering in a performance of Chyla, very much kind of like the one of the biggest songs of the year, really. Um, alongside God Knows and Merley, uh, the family vibes very much evidence there. She would speak then for approximately 10 minutes or so with Ryan Soberty, offering a microcosm of her persona as an artist and her personality as a human being. Twitter would light up, many who already knew Denise's wisdom, her grace and eloquence, and plenty more who were only witnessing it for the first time. On the same weekend, she's on the cover of the Sunday Times Culture magazine, Interviews popping up left and right, thousands of new followers on Twitter, and her debut mixtape just days away. All of this happens really fast, and yet was always going to happen, some 21 months or so in the making. In case you still don't know who Denise Chyla is, I'm not going to list genres or credentials, I'm not going to throw out a clutch of praiseful adjectives, I'm going to say that you should check out the debut mixtape Go Bravely today, right after you take the time, as I did a few weeks ago, to listen up close and personal to what she has to say. About the mixtape, about her life experiences, about the current moment she finds herself in, including being championed as the hottest act in Irish music right now. Uh, about her tremendous respect for Merley, who produced Go Bravely, who has shone so brightly as part of Rhys and Gano family, who, an artist who continues to excite in a solo capacity and who just might be the most underrated musician in the country right now, for my money. I want you to hear Denise talk about going from a shy kid in college who found the world to be terrifyingly overwhelming to a woman who now has the ability and potential to raise the entire music scene up. And though she's humble and quick to share the love with other people and artists, I think she knows that she has that power. This is a track-by-track episode in which myself, Denise and Murley go through every song on Go Bravely, using them as bullet points to see where a conversation might lead. I really hope you enjoy it. Um, don't forget to check out Denise and Murley's music and support their work. And if you love what we do here at No Encore, please consider supporting us too. You can do so at patreon.com slash noencore. It's been a weird year for the show in many respects, not least for the fact that almost all of it has been recorded remotely. But I think we've managed to rise above that, and I feel like we're on a good run of form at the moment, despite the world collapsing before us. I want to thank everyone who listens to and supports this show. It helps us keep going, and it helps us make special episodes like this one happen too. No Encore lands every Friday with a mix of news, reviews, and our signature top five list breakdowns. It's a fun time, so if you've never heard it before, please do stay tuned. But for now, without any further ceremony, let's go track by track through Go Bravely with Denise Chyla and Merlin. Yeah, here I am. Unbelievable. After all this time. Denise Chyla, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm not too bad. And Merley, of course. Yeah, in person. Back once again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good, man. Um, I guess, yeah, so before we go track by track on this, um, your kind of words in terms of a preface, you've said this mixtape is a series of sonic Polaroids, a patchwork collection of snapshots and messages that came to you in the midst of overwhelming messiness, uh, that these songs are affirmations and declarations from every part of you that has refused to lie down and give up when everything in life told you that you should. 
Go bravely is the purest expression of your faith that you've ever articulated. It means come as you are, one foot in front of the other, leave nothing of yourself behind, stop waiting to be ready, choose yourself, just start, go bravely. Is that a case of, like, I need to get that down on a page first before I can commit to this project? Or is this just words to live by for Denise Jala? Uh, that's just words that came to me after I, you know, when you look at something in hindsight and you and you start to see a through line. Um, I, I'm not the kind of person who can pick a title and commit to a project after that. Like, I can't conceptualize an, an album or a piece of work in that way. I just live life and see what comes out. And then at the end of Go Bravely, like, I think we wrote that maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, and it was like, ah, okay, everything that I've been learning over the last couple of years has culminated in this paragraph about this piece of work that I put my heart and soul into. Um, and I'm not entirely sure where to go from there in this conversation because I'm like, oh, no, I said it all. What is there left to expound on? <laughs> well, we've got 11 we'll songs. Time. We've got 11 songs here to do that. So yeah. we'll, I guess we'll dive into the first one. I do what I want with my pronouns. Keep it low key on my profile. I raise the bar when I come through. You already know it's going to go down. My name's not that hard to pronounce. Pre-K, it's not profound. C-H-A-I-L-A. Sound the words out. It's not Chile, it's not Chalala. Not a hard pill to swallow. Chile or Chilea, Chia, Chila, Chila, that's not my name. That is, of course, Chyla, very much uh, Sound of the Summer, I would suggest. It's been absolutely everywhere. And I guess for this project, when I'm kind of confronting musicians with their own songs, are you just like, oh, God, like, it, like this is a weird thing to just be like, this song is everywhere. I mean, like, like are you are you used to that? Is that kind of like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be weird if I was used to that at this point. Like, it's still like, um, like um, our friend Guide called us in, in the car on the way down. And he was like, I heard uh, on on the radio they had a quiz about you. And I was like, what do you mean a quiz about me? And they were like, no, he didn't. they didn't play your song. They had a quiz asking who the girl who spelled her name out in the song was this last summer. And I was like, no, how do you how do you how do you make your peace with that and process it um, uh, slowly and awkwardly? is how I'm making my peace with it and processing it. It's incredible. It's um, not what we would have expected because Chyla wasn't even Chyla when we first put this um, mixtape together. Chyla was for a long time just called Intro. Um, and it was a silly fun song that ended up not being too silly because I can never help myself. And uh, Merle had a beat from my perspective, Merle had a beat, and I was sitting in his living room because the studio is also our home. And um, we started playing. I don't even think that was one of those days where I was very intentional about writing. It was just like a fun thing that came, um, and we had a lot of fun. And then, and then we made other songs and sort of forgot about it a little bit. <laughs> we slept on this. We we actually slept on this. We kind of did because I mean I just remember now the day when we actually um, when we started it. It was just a sample. Yeah. Um, that you know that um, the riff in it, and then I just added the beats underneath it, and, and that's why you wrote to at the time. That's actually what we recorded to. Yeah. Then I went back and then changed a few things and added some other samples in here and that. And but the funny thing for me is like to this day when I hear it. I'm still listening to it and thinking, what would I do different if I was, if I anticipated really? what, what it would What would you become? do different? I don't know. I still don't know because just listening to it there as well, I'm like, would I have had like 
808s in there or something, mm. you know, like more bassy. Yeah. You know, I think about that all the time. Um, but yeah, it just, it just, and I also wonder like, if we would have kept intro. Yeah. Has there ever been a song released called, called intro, intro as a single? Yeah, because like, <laughs> you know, for like, ages, I was like, I was really nervous about calling the song Chyla because I thought to myself, yo, I know it's a single and I want it to be what it is and it's about my name and that means something to me. But I tend to want to write in a more universal way so that other people can actually have room to connect to the music on their own terms. Um, and we didn't do that. I wrote a song called Specifically Chyla about specifically my name, which is specifically Denise Chyla. And... Um, and like a ton of people found a way to connect to it. And I think that's what surprises me the most about Chyla is that like it seems to have hit like it's it struck a chord that I didn't expect it to strike. And um, I mean, people call it say my name and I giggle a little bit because mm. I'm like, maybe maybe like within the filtration process, like that really is the message that people take from it yeah. is just like, this is my name. Just say my name. Um but like at the time we were, we were doing it, I was thinking, I wasn't thinking anything, but in hindsight, I was like, okay, Miss Dynamite, EVE, mm-hmm. Destiny's Child, The Ting Tings. Like how many people have had songs specifically about the I name? was going to say like, like congratulations on taking a song like The Ting Tings one, which I've always hated <laughs> and like changing, I guess, you know, I guess taking the idea of it and creating a good song. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. You know, it takes some doing because that was one of those songs that fucking just haunted me forever. And I'm like, yeah, no. Me hurt. <laughs> they call me Stacey. <laughs> Did it arise out of frustration though? Because I mean, like, wow, wow. like wow. I myself am like, I'm like, I'm absolutely guilty of mispronouncing your name on this show in the past. And I remember like being like, oh for fuck's sake, I thought I had it right, and I did not, and it was completely wrong. And I can only apologize for my ignorance on this. Like, is, is this something you had to do purely for that reason for like idiots like me to finally know? Um, you know what? I think that sure it was part of it. You know, I think that when you're used to having people um, have a frame of reference for everyone's names but yours, it gets really tiring to continuously correct people. Um, but it's it's not something that I felt so deeply. I think that the thing that I was really trying to interrogate is this reluctance that people have not to 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 learn people's names. You know, I, I think that uh, a, mis- a mispronunciation is not the end of the world, um, but it's what you do afterwards. Um, and a lot of people have a tendency to go, okay, I can't pronounce Aretunji. Can I just call you Tommy? Do you know, can I just call you Wura, not Uraola? Can I just call you, okay, that's Baba, not Baba Tunde? Do you know, and, and that gets really disrespectful. Because, you know, you have a name. It means something. It has been given to you for a reason. You, as someone who has come to another country or someone who has been given a name from another culture, deserve to have that culture respected. And it it is important to find ways to draw boundaries and to talk to people about it and say, look, I'm willing to sit here with you and give you an insight into who I am. But it sets precisely the wrong tone for any relationship we have going forward if you don't have the time simply to learn how to say my name um and i think that's where it came from you know it's not it's not about being perfect like i get people's names wrong all the time and it gets a bit embarrassing because i've got a song about not getting people's names (laughs) wrong um but i think that that's why i always emphasize you know it's it's you don't have to be perfect you just have to be open to correction 
It's quite a thing to see videos of like, you know, young kids on the internet now just like singing it and kind of popping along to it. Like, it's just, it, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, the point you made is incredibly potent, I think. But there is this kind of wonderful feel good thing, I guess, just like pure vibrance for someone who's obviously at, a, at a such a formative age themselves. I love <laughs> it so much. I, I get it's one of my favorite things. Every time it happens, like, I, I always happen to be like around the boys and every time this happens I'm like pulling out my phone and being like guys there are three this person is only two they're a fresh human they don't know very very much English yet or any language really they're just learning words and vocabulary concepts are still foreign to them I don't know if they have object permanence yet but they they know how to spell my name (laughs) And they're singing and dancing and doing routines. It's just, it's it's amazing. You mentioned um, the idea of make, maybe taking a different approach to it, like 808s or whichever. And the guitar, of course, is instantly a hit. So yeah. is, that, that, is that Steve from Windings, I think? No, it's not. Oh, uh, right. Sorry. For, for, for once, it's not Steve this time around. Steve's, Steve is my guy, though. Um, no, this is actually, um, so I traveled to Togo a few years ago and then I just got my dad's old records. Um, so from time to time, I just kind of pick out numbers from them. So this is this is one of them that I I chopped up and um, transformed it into what became Chayla. Mm. And like, was that a case of you know you went through an entire? Like, I'm imagining you like kind of crate digging here for like you know like a ton of different vinyl and yeah, pretty much that's what it is. Because but what I wanted to do the minute we knew we were doing a mixtape, I just started listening to like guitar music from. East Africa and South Africa and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this would have been one of those songs that just, I heard the song and I was like, hmm, I wonder, I've always kind of liked that, the tone of that guitar. Even when I work mm-hmm. with Steve, I always kind of say, you know, do you know that guitar, like that, the 50s African guitar sound? Mm-hmm. Could we try to recreate that? So that's kind of where this came from as well. At this stage, because um, like our own Sonic Architect on the Encore, Adam Shanahan, is he's got a vinyl addiction. He cannot stop himself. Every single week, there's like five new things, and he's like, "No, no, no I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done." I mean, I guess from a production point of view, like, is that like, hand in hand? Like, you must have an incredibly enviable vinyl collection. Like, where are you at with yours? Okay, I actually don't, because um, up until like only a couple of months ago, I bought my first turntable. Um, so when I'm actually working, I usually sample stuff off of like iTunes or you know some songs that I buy and stuff and that's usually how I sample stuff but I kind of process them to a point where it becomes unrecognizable most of the time so um no I actually don't have a I don't have a huge collection at all. Just just my dad's stuff. I'm gonna have to put you in touch with Adam. That, that, that's the only way around this. That'd be great. He's got, plenty, really cool. he's got plenty to go hey, around. Hey Adam, where you at? I am the author. I am the. I am the. Galileo. Galileo. Let me show the holy grail. Ten dragons float, burning sweet Merlin. Neighbors peeking through the curtains to watch the planets all converging. Galileo. That is Holy Grail as track two on the mixtape. I mean, I guess I wonder for some people, the idea of some kind of, you know, Holy Grail or some kind of incredible thing to reach up to would be critical recognition. And I'm I'm talking to you now. Obviously, there'll be some time between this recording going out, but I'm talking to you 
days after uh, the Irish Times named you as like the hottest Irish act in the country right now, like fifty people, and you're you're atop of it. So, did you know that was coming, or like is that, is that like a Saturday morning revelation? Like 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 what is the reaction to that? I was shocked. I was so shocked. Like you know, you know when something like really big and really like beautiful happens, and you are terrified of it because like man. <laughs> It was one of those moments where I was like, I, I took a step back and I was like, okay, lists are lists and they are subjective, you know, but like there's there's someone in this country, at least one person for for whom I have achieved enough through my efforts with my friends to be counted amongst that number and, and be held in such high esteem. And... um I I deeply sort of um, really sat down with myself and spent some time remembering truly walking around campus at college. Um, There was a point when I was just bumping Kendrick Lamar, just going from class to class aimlessly, um, full of regret and very confused about where my life was going and not happy. And sometimes I would sit in classes and I'd be... Um, just like, yo, I, I, I wanted to do music. Why didn't I do music? Or my friends are doing music and I can do that after class. I can do that as a reward, as a nice thing after I put in my time, you know. But I remember being in a sociology lecture one time and I love sociology, but I was sitting at the back looking at these texts and we were studying um, race and blackness and gender and feminism and things that I was like, I am all of these things. I would rather be writing these texts from the perspective of a person who's living in this locality as opposed to studying it from the other side in an academy. Um, And it took me a lot of time and a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression to get to a position where I was even able to leave college and be real with myself about what I wanted to do with my life. Um, So to be here in like 2020, in like September, thinking that someone somewhere put me on a list like that is like, it's insane. (laughs) It's um, something I'm really grateful for. It's such a meteoric rise. And yeah, I guess, I mean, like, I'm the first person to kind of like, even like lately, I've been like slagging off these lists. I make lists myself all the time. And I mean, like, (laughs) it is that thing of like, okay, you know, I can step away from it and be like, well, I'm not emotionally attached to this. You know, like, it's, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm a journalist who would hope that I'm writing these lists. But um, yeah, I guess, I mean, like, the impact it can have, I mean, like, just based on, as you say, like, I mean, like, everyone's had that kind of feeling, I guess, of walking around a college campus and being like, what the fuck am I doing? I have that feeling now. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing about all these things is like my dad always really reminds me that if you if you completely internalize people's praise, you have to also internalize their criticism. And it's a really nice way to just stay grounded and like remove yourself and see things from like a higher view. Like this is really beautiful. But what I love about it is not the list or the number. It's just the the acknowledgement um, and and I do not love it more than I love all of the other musicians on that list and the ones who weren't mes- mentioned who might be on my list. Um, and and I think that that's really important. Also, is to say that you know I I don't love recognition more than I love people. Um, but I I am really grateful that a lot of the the warmth that I'm receiving isn't just from 
journalists whom I love and appreciate, thank you guys, but also from my my fellow musicians and my peers um, who have just really warmly embraced me into a community. And and honestly, that is my holy grail. You're welcome. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> You're also number one, of course, you know, by association. Like I assume that you've been, I, I assume that you've been taking complete proximity on this one and been like, yeah, I'm there too, man. Oh, I, I did. When I saw, the minute I saw the article, I was like, oh, I know who's number one. <laughs> we had to go down You're the list. ridiculous, man. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, this year when we've all been at home mm-hmm. watching everything unfold this year, if there's one artist, and I know like this proximity, but I know if there's one artist this year, that stood out for me. If you're gonna make a list, if if you're gonna make a list of like the hardest artist in Ireland right now, I was not surprised. I knew who the number one spot was gonna be. Denise Taylor. Like- <laughs> Come on. And that song, my big brother is proud of me. Yo, yo. Yo. See, I wanted to ask you about the relationship in terms of just creating the music. So I assume it was just like, I'd say you were, like, like you were probably like a prick for three months and now you're nice. Like, like it's probably one of those things. <laughs> Classic and early way of doing things. I, um, uh, for anyone listening, like, you know, uh, I am that guy, you know. Uh, he gets results, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Let's not lie, you do push me. I do. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I push anybody like that absolutely. that comes in to do work. I I push, and I don't have the. I suppose I don't necessarily have the correct way of pushing people. I pushed people too much at times, but I'm learning. Um, it's a learning process for me. I'm trying to push myself. Mm. I'm trying to be my own critic in a lot of ways. Um, but working with people kind of helped me find that balance. Um, so when we were doing this. I think the one thing I take I take away from it is like we had fun. Yes, we, we had fun. That's why it's a mixtape. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we had fun. We had no. There wasn't a goal to like do something monumental or anything like that. We just wanted to make music, music as we felt it at the time, and um, so a lot of the time, sometimes I would hear some of the some of the verses first or just bars or things that she's written, then I'll go and make a beat. Other time I'll start making a beat. Holy Grail, actually, that was probably, that's the first track that we did together in the same room. I started everything from scratch while she was sitting there. And and then she started writing and she started doing the Galileo thing. And then I was like, oh, cool, cool. That's that's nice. So then I started playing the, the trumpet sounds in there. And by the end of that session, like we had that song. We had it. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite one to perform. Yeah, right now. So anyway, like, like I can tr- two hours from scratch <sighs> to the end, that song was done. Like that was so. Yeah. <sighs> It's a special one, isn't it? It, it is. It is. Absolutely. Was this always, it's a mixtape? Like, like was that always, like, it's not an album, it's a mixtape? Like, yeah. Or did that become, okay. So, and I guess, like, for anyone, like, who might not know the distinction, how do you define it? Like, what makes this not an album? What makes it a mixtape specifically? For me, the intention. You know, like, yeah. because the, the intention to make an album and the headspace that I will be in when I write an album it's very different. Like if you listen to all of these songs one after the other, you can, I hope, tell that I was having fun, but I was also pushing 
we were playing, we were experimenting, we were testing the limits of uh, where we could and wanted to go with our music. We were not trying to write a cohesive story. There isn't like a there there is a narrative, but it's not linear. If you're looking for narrative here, it's it's probably one of those kind of funny movies where you start at the end and finish at the beginning. Um, but every every song um, on this mixtape could be its own single, actually, um, and it could belong to a very different body of work where sonically or thematically you stand on the anchor of this one song and then you start to expound from there. Like Chayla could have had a whole body of work behind it that was in the same or a similar vein. Um, Holy Grail also, um, a couple of the other songs, it just happened that when we finished and we looked back on the work that we had produced, it felt really good to look at all these like snapshots that we had taken and be like, okay, let's make a quilt out of all of this. Let's like pin them together and say that this is the production of two years ish of growth yeah. and learning. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually I'm going to contradict you. I'm sorry. I actually think you've got a great way of correcting and pushing me in the studio. I really do. Thank Instead you. Instead of um, being like an iron fist, when Merle feels like I can do better, he goes, so are you sure about that? <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You sure? Are you Are you sure? Uh, do, do you maybe want to try something different just for safety? That's true. That's me. Try something for safety. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try it for safety. And then after it's like, okay, yeah, you were right. The first one was not great. That that was a bad take. But you'll never... But at times the first one happened to be the one as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So you're not like the David Fincher movie director school of I want 200 takes and I'll pick the third one. Not at all. Because like, I'm not, I'm not even... I'm not a perfectionist in that sense because I like for this mixtape. Like, if you ask me, you know, what makes it a mixtape, clearly it's the intention. But also, it's like we didn't record any song that didn't make it. You know, mm. if we were doing an album, mm. we, we would have probably eliminated a couple of tracks because of tiny little things that we'd be like, yeah, maybe that's not. But we want we wanted people to feel. What Denise Chayla sounds like, you know, at that time, you know, yeah, like everything that she said, like between the time when you're questioning what you're doing, yeah, there's a lot that comes with that that you can't replicate or you can't create later on in your career. So I just think fans should experience that with you, you know, and those vulnerabilities to be felt in the song. Mm. Even for me as a producer, producer, I was still learning things while we were making those you know there was a lot of things that I played on that I was like now I'm listening to it and I was like okay I probably wouldn't have done that if I was recording that today um, but I love the fact that that's there to tell that story because every story is worth telling so yes. um, so for me yeah, it's, it's that raw that raw feel that you can't buy you can't mm. you know it's just real so that's what I love so much about it Maybe, I mean for some people it could be an album could have those elements too but for me 
it just felt like it's a mixtape. And I feel mixtape can be redefined every in every single era. Yeah. This is our version yeah, of a mixtape in 2020. is relative. I won't trust a hypothesis without a frame of reference. My socialite was getting dim. Been wasting my energy, hiding under bushels and memories and lethargy. So honestly, curiosity killed my day job. But keep it, I don't want it back. Don't judge a book by its spilt milk, because your last chance won't be your last. Unavailable airplane mode, you can't crack my air code. Lend me that your track is re-raw it automatically made me think of a memory where I was in a car with my father when I was young and he used the phrase re-rog as rulabula and I'd never heard that before and I immediately pissed myself laughing and he kept saying it and I just thought it was hilarious I didn't even know what it meant it was just an incredible rhythm to it um, so it's very nice for that to pay off all these years later in the form of a song that is like kind of carefree and like fast moving yes. um, uh, but I, on the subject of the Irish language though I mean I must confess like you know I was that guy I was that guy who was like decrying the language and like this language is dead and I never got it and now so many years later i'm like oh man i wish i i wish i felt differently Mm, me too me too i think i i made it through six years of school and never really appreciated what i was learning for what it was and it's only after i left school that i thought my goodness there's so much there's so many stories there's so much cultural wealth there's so much meaning that you can't replicate in english as, as with any language in the world. And it's such a shame that English is both our touchstone and a measure for everyone across the world's IQ instead of just a language. Um, and for being honest, that's a hangover from colonization. And even the tendency that we have to undermine um, Irish in schools as students was also a direct response to the cultural hangover that happens post-colonization. Um, so as part of really unpacking some stuff inside of myself, I really started to go back and like appreciate and like go back to like actually my primary school books. I found some alibos in like the <laughs> garage. I was like just I was in there um, just picking things apart. And and going okay, what did this mean, and and how did I how did I miss uh, the meaning in this that could help me now? Like what's good, and and so everything that you're seeing, Merle's right. It's like me showing my work. This is my rough work, um, and and I'm showing my learning at the same time. Like I I couldn't call myself an Irish speaker yet, but like a couple years down the line, um, and and more attention to this, and gosh, I just might. Um, because it's it's important and it's fun and and it makes it really hard for uh, racist people to tell me I'm not Irish anymore. Oh, I'd say it really fucking pisses them off. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, how dare you be better at this language than I am? I can't speak a fucking sentence of Irish. Oh man, and this started when I Which was like, I'm not racist. Sorry, just a- <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you that one there. <laughs> Hope I'm not. You know, like. but like this is the thing. Like when I was when I was on my Erasmus. Um, me and my friend uh, Kleena would go from like, so there's an Irish pub in every European city, right? And we would get really homesick and we would leave our apartment complex and um, just meet in the middle of the town and we just find a place to sit down um, and not be in the Netherlands at the time. And there was one night where she and I just got really frustrated because we'd be approached by all sorts of tourists, usually American ones, who wanted to talk to us after hearing her accent loud and proud and would be like, yo, uh, where are you from? And blah, 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 blah. And my great aunts, nephews, nieces, cousins, goldfishes, turtle. 
he was from Ireland. Of course, yeah. Right. And we'd end up in this weird kind of like pissing contest where like it would be very easy for them to accept that she was Irish. Um, but they'd kind of see me and like approach me with a lot of hostility, actually, if I said I was Irish. Because for them, what Irishness meant was a removal from the politics that they have to deal with in America and like a complete disconnection from an interrogation of their whiteness where they can run and hide to this pastoral fantasy where leprechauns live and not have to think about the hard things. And my presence here really upset them. Um, And so part of learning Irish for me was also to say that, you know, when I leave, people want to take this away from me. And they want to erase 20 plus years of being grown and raised by a country. And I refuse. Um, and so through my music, as much as I uplift and uphold my Zambian heritage through language and song and chants, I do the same thing with my Irishness to the same level. Um, because I I can't be half or, or, or like pieced apart anymore. And Rerise and, and many of these other songs are actually me trying to find a way to articulate that which isn't about pain. You know, it isn't about trying to say, let me look for the most traumatic parts of myself and and try to force you to humanize me through my trauma, but rather what is the most ideal version of myself and my freedom? And what does that look like when it's on my terms and not in dialogue with racism and not in dialogue with trauma and not in dialogue with dehumanization? And it looks a lot like throwing together a song composed of puns, half in Irish, half in English, and referencing all of my heroes and, and claiming myself and claiming my ground. A lot of these songs, a lot of these tracks, if you'll notice, I, I mention people like Kenneth Kaunda, uh, Nelson Mandela, Maya Angelou, um, because they made me and they raised me as as much as this place did. Um, and, and Rira was that. Rira is so fun. Rira, we actually have never performed Rira before because I've, I've been waiting until the, the mixtape was out. But like... Oh, it's so much. It's so it's so much of us, you know. You get together in the car, you turn on the music, you lift your hands up. Actually, I thought that being confronted by my music would be difficult. It's not. Every time you play a song, we dance in the background <laughs> because it's not just my lyrics. Do you know what I mean? Like I can hear every time I stumble over a word um, or or every time like I say something like in a funny way. But I also hear Merle's production, mm-hmm. you know, and and... I don't care where I am in 10, 20, 50 years. The fact that we did this together is, is for me, ah, I, can, I, can, I can present this to anybody in the world and say, this is, this is what I did. And I'm, I'm proud of this. And it's funny because like Pillow Queens did the same thing when I did this with them a couple weeks ago. Like they were just like playing air guitar to their own songs and just kind of like <laughs> having an automatic reaction of like, because I was like, I want to say I was like, fuck, I'm really sorry if this is like an exam or something or if this is just really like monotonous or whatever. And they're just like, no, man, fucking it's awesome. And I guess like yeah. it's like, but d- does it come to a point where you're like, fuck it, I'm like, like, I, like I'm proud of this. Like I can like, uh, why am I? Because I, I don't know how it is for a musician because I'm not one of those. But like as a as a writer, like I, I, the, I often need like a separation. I 
I need like some months to pass or maybe a year. And I can look, I can look back on like an old review and be like, hang on, that was really good, Dave. You did a good job there. Mm. But like there's this weird creative relationship where it's almost like, oh yeah, cheers, yeah, thanks. You know, like scratch mm. the back of my head and just look awkwardly and change the subject. Yeah, about this creative work that I've done that shock might be good. You know, I mean, like, and I guess for you as well, like, I mean, like performing both as producer and performer. Um, is is like can you just step out of those roles and just enjoy it essentially yeah you can um you know, like i think sometimes it is worth pushing yourself to or maybe removing yourself and allowing yourself to enjoy enjoy some of the stuff you created i did that with this mixtape um when we were done i left the country and um i went to i went to spain for 5 months and during those five months, I ended up in Tenerife in um, my, one of my friends' villa on top of a mountain somewhere uh, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and it was the one place that I can play that, those songs as loud as I possibly can without anybody being disturbed, right? So, so that's where I mixed uh, the whole project. And um, there was one day, like this was like months after I finished the final mix, the master came back. I just went on top of the the terrace and um, just blasted the whole thing. It was bright and sunny. I was sitting down with a nice cold bottle of water and some biscuits and um, listened to it from start to finish about three or four times. And I got up and I think I called God knows at the time and I was just like, my goodness. <laughs> so I was just like... Yo, did you? Because he hadn't heard it then, but I was like, uh, "Yeah." Then and, and I must have called Denise as well, and just like I, I've been saying it all the time when I was away. Every time we talked, I'd be like, "Yeah, we got something. Mm-hmm. We got something." And it, for me, it was important because I I don't know if I would ever get to feel that about my own work when I'm performing and producing the full thing because I'm always too critical, mm-hmm. but to. That that offered me the opportunity to to kind of separate the performer in Merle and just like enjoying my collaboration with someone on all these tracks and little tricks that I had in there. I was really impressed. So and I still am. And mm. um, I think it's important when you're a creative that you feel those moments. Those things keep you going. I ran in too many circles, feeling so trypophobic. Got my eye on the prize, but keep the goal in focus. Rose-colored glasses blur my vision like pink eye. Fine lines, fine wines, school finds, trying times. You know that they said that I would know better when I got older? Stacking my bundles, I'm so inspired, I don't need closure. Money is not the motive. This is more than Eurovision. And I'm way too broke to pay more than homage or pay attention. I've been feeling different. Need the serotonin quicker. I'm not about to swap a Sunday roast with liquid lose my sanity. I lost my pride, almost my vanity. But I don't clear my browser history anymore. <laughs> That's track four. That's me. Uh, yes, uh, let's start with that line there that we heard. I don't clear my browser history anymore. That, I, I guess it, it, it takes a certain kind of bravery, you know, to, to reach that point in life. I mean, listen, we're all a work in progress and life is what life is. But when you reach a point <laughs> where you just, I, you know, what? I think I think a thing that I really I'm really I talk about a lot is shame. I think we all have secrets that can destroy us. You know, or or things that we haven't quite addressed that 
um, we regard with the lens of like the taboo that we hold at arm's length and are unwilling to address properly. And and actually, I, I'm a firm believer in the fact that healing sometimes means acknowledgement as opposed to conclusion. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you've reached the end of a journey. It means that actually you are on a journey. Um, and and go bravely itself. The whole project is a journey, but move is is the catalyst. You know, move quite literally is about taking a step into like just looking at yourself. And because like throughout this whole song, I'm just like, yo, there is a lot wrong. I've got many flaws, but you know what? Like. If 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 I have to have notions in order to move beyond my flaws, if if you have to call it that, if you have to call my confidence having notions, then call it that, because it's the thing that is keeping me afloat. It's the thing that's actually keeping me writing. It's it's keeping me enjoying my work, and and it's keeping me healthy and connected to the people in my life because I'm connected to what's actually going on with me. And not what I wish was going on with me. Um, this is one of those songs where it's, you know, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm glad we picked on this line. But it's one that I was hoping would go under the radar because my parents listened to my music. Um, and I was speaking to them, but I wasn't speaking to them. I was speaking to you guys. Um, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's something really, really beautiful because I think over the last couple of years, like, We've, we've all, like, I've noticed in all of my relationships, there's been new growth and new life and fresh air. Um, and we've become much better and, and much more, uh, it's, it's, it's so much fun to tell the truth to each other about who yeah. we actually are. Um, and, and break down these things of, like, all these stereotypes, gendered stereotypes, racial stereotypes, like personal stereotypes. You're the person who reads and you, you're the nerd and yeah. you're the person who like jumps 50 feet into the air on a stage. And you're that guy and you're the person who is probably Mr. Miyagi sitting on the mountain with your biscuits and your cold water making some serious not. beats. But like you're I'm many other quite things. I'm funny guy. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's not that you're jokes. not. It's not that you're not. It's that you're that and other things because like okay, yeah, you did come through like you're a, you're a pretty cool guy Bo I'm just gonna go and dye my hair grey I said it here first so that's gonna happen now since you calling me yeah. I've been thinking was too diluted to concentrate so now all of my thoughts are from concentrate dot my T's cross my eyes and I lay them straight but the only thing straight is my face. The only thing straight is my drink. I only cut straight to the chase. I'm here to straighten the way. You better get out of the way. Cause I'm praying for faith to do what I believed. What happened to my heroes won't happen to me. There's no guarantees in the scene. So if I'm not taking a stand, then I'm taking a knee for all my jazz and all my soul. Give it to you like Nat King Cole. All my jazz and all my soul. Give it to you like Nat King. King all my jazz is all I know. Track five, they're all that jazz. Like I mean, it kind of follows on from the way you were describing that moment of panic and that moment of just kind of, I guess, fight or flight maybe because you've got a line here. You said, I'm done binge thinking. Now, I've never thought of that expression before. I mean, binging has come to mean something a bit different, I think, in terms of, you know, like Netflix and, and so on and this kind of pop culture encouraged DNA reference point. But the idea of too many thoughts piling up, you know, in your brain, maybe just mm -hmm. focusing on 25 different things all at once. I think it's a really good way to phrase it. But of course, I, even I think even compartmentalizing the idea to a nice turn of phrase doesn't quite empty your brain. I mean, like, how are you in that regard with just like things piling up and just 
unable to get out of your own way? I I have different I have different reactions from day to day. Um, as I think we all do, I've I've gotten much better than I was, particularly at that time, uh, because there was a time when my anxiety consumed me. It was not like it's it it wasn't like I had a panic attack every now and again. It was like I was constantly living in the middle of a panic attack from day to day to day to day, and I could not, for the life of me, get out of it. Um. Because there was just so much happening and so much to worry about. Um, I, I think that um, when, when we talk about mental health in, in this country, I, I think that, and in every country, we have a tendency to see it as separate from many of the other issues that we address. We, we pigeonhole people into that's the guy who campaigns for homelessness. That's the guy who campaigns uh, against direct provision. Uh, she's the one who um, headed the charge when it came to repeal the 8th. And, and, and she talks about rape culture and this person talks about this thing and this. And it's the same thing. You know, it's it's the same. We're we're looking at a system of inequalities that impacts us on every level, both nervous, like through our nervous systems, somatically through our bodies. It impacts our relationships, it impacts our ability to progress in life, it impacts our internal thoughts in our world, and also just how well we are as people. Um, and binge thinking is for some people as unavoidable as breathing because it's inextricable from survival. Um, and in that way, um, I, I don't intend for it to be an indictment um, against anyone who is unable to stop because intrusive thoughts are real. And, and, and it's nothing to blame yourself for, you know. But I personally am in a position now in my life where... I have painstakingly erected boundaries that I was afraid of erecting before. I've got protections around me. I've got my community around me. I've got the boys constantly with me. And I've got my music. And what I can control, I can control. And what I can't control, I ask for help with. That helps me not think so much, you know, because like I am incapable of handling everything in the world um but what i can do is be honest with myself and with my people i can take care of my body and my physical needs to the best of my ability um i can write and express what is blocked and i can come to the people who love me and 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 tell them when i actually am in need of help and i think that learning how to do that and not hide behind my ego and think I'm sparing them in some gracious kind of way has really, really helped me uh, really embody what I was trying to communicate in all that, um, which is that, you know, all you can do sometimes is tell the truth. That's all you can do sometimes, but it, it sets you free. You know that he sings Good night. So 
Whatever Happened to Interludes it is itself an interlude of course and it comes on a record which um, on a mixed day brother which of course has um, I guess like I don't know how much this means to you but like the average length of the songs tend to be kind of sub three minutes here and there and then there's yeah. a few longer ones um, in that regard I mean what goes into the process of being like we need an interlude let's get one in halfway through what was the idea in terms of the construction and the, the placement I guess okay so uh, that is a track that Denise Chala produced um, so she literally sends me these ideas that she's got on her phone and I'm always asking her like how do you record this stuff on your phone it this sound no joke I could play you one of the songs she sent me the other day she recorded it on her phone produced it on her phone and like I will release that <laughs> you know <laughs> so then I'd be like how do you do this stuff I still don't know how she does it but that was one of those so she sent me uh, the recording like that with all of the, um, the harmonies and stuff so we just had to go to the studio and re-record that um, but initially, it didn't have the the singing bit in it. It was just um, um, just the, the choir, you know, the harmonies. Um, then when we were recording the final um, takes, she did um, the singing on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. So we just feel like that's a nice little... The plan wasn't to make it an interlude, but when track listing, mm-hmm. I felt that's a nice way to break the, the, the tape into, you know kind of different part maybe easier to listen to having that part in it and I, lo- I used to love interludes and they just seem to be gone now for a lot of you know and a lot of the music I listen to anyway like and I'm like whatever happened to those you know maybe they're still there I just don't listen to um those records anymore but like I just feel like yeah let's 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 have that you know and it was the it was the one track that almost didn't make it as well I remember yeah. we had a conversation <laughs> about it and um Denise wasn't quite feeling that at the time, on that day, and was like, and then by the end of that conversation, we were all like, you know what? I think we're just nervous, you know that, yeah. you know that this is going out, and but for me, that was very important for me that a track that she did herself from start to finish, mm-hmm. everything about it, um, is important to have that very much as part of this Go Bravely mixtape. So I wasn't gonna take it out, but still, if if you would have <laughs> insisted, I would have let it go. But um, I was just shy. Because it's been a long time since anyone has seen me as a singer. You know, I started as a singer and I was constantly trying to fight to be seen in any other capacity, you know, because you walk into a room uh, with a bunch of guys and you sit down and you make music together. And if you're a girl and if you're making anything to do with rap music, um, people will look at you and call you the singer-songwriter or the person who does the hooks before they'll consider you a lyricist as well. Um, And so I had really broken away from that in an unhealthy way and started to uh, shy away from my own voice. Um, And I hadn't sung for a while because I'm just hypercritical and really judgmental of myself that way. Um, And I think this song, Whatever Happened to Interludes, was my Go Bravely moment. 
Well, lyrically, yes. I mean, I, I like what I took from it was um, it's like an ode to devotion, and it's. I mean, you mentioned in the the kind of I guess the the liner notes like that you're like I'm talking about my relationship with faith and affirmations, and this is me, this is who I am. It's interesting because like you know Ireland, you know, like it's such a you know religion dominated country, but yeah, I think for this generation, your generation, and people coming up as well after us, I mean. It's almost like that is taboo, like to have a relationship with God or whatever. So was that important to you to kind of just express that completely plainly? Yeah, because like never more so than this year have I needed to be like fully, fully rooted in my relationship with God. Never before has it been so real and so full and so satisfying um, and, and so not about anyone else but me. You know, like and and me specifically and what I specifically have to say to God and what God specifically has to say to me. So over the last number of months when we were like going through seven different pandemics at the same time, do you know, like it's it's not just a virus. It's also a global uprising. It's also a need to remove yourself from every pattern you've ever known in the world. And you have to stand here and you have to take this gauntlet and unpack several years of like trauma in front of the whole wide world. And at the same time, cool things are happening, but I'm more visible than I've ever been in my life. And I'm scared. Mm. And I go online and everybody's like polarizing themselves in my head on a spectrum of we love you. You're great to get out of my country I never wanted you here and and that goes from violence to violence to to really really affectionate appreciation to violence again and I remove myself from an online world and I come back into a world where my parents are working really hard and they're at the hospital and they're doing all these things and I just sat down lost and tired and broken and I had been crying for days and I would call Merle and G and we would cry together and we would talk and it was painful. Um, and I I was reading Zephaniah at the time and there's a passage in Zephaniah, I think 3 verse 17 where it goes, you know, the Lord your God is a mighty warrior. Uh, he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over your body with singing. And I sat and I meditated on that. And and I had written this song last year, last summer, you know, because I'd been thinking about it for a long time. But I never felt it more than I felt it in these last three months where I was like, I, I, need, I need to fight with someone. Actually, I need someone to fight on my behalf because I'm tired. Mm. But I need that person who's fighting on my behalf to just love me from my skin to my soul uh, because I feel less than human and I don't know where to go from here. Day by day, I'm moving forward. I'm still not sure if home is where I'm from or where I'm going. While I'm alive, I will not abandon faith. While I'm alive, I will not abandon grace. Might need to slow my pace and break, but that is not my fate. If I don't know what peace is, I still won't live in pieces. No, I can't live in pieces if I don't know what Pieces. No, I can't live in 
That's track seven. It's called Pieces. Uh, you talk about, you know, like specifically like focusing on the singing element here and I uh, fucking gorgeous 90s R&B vibe off of this. Uh, it reminded me of Kalela, like her recent kind of work. This really deep world building thing where you can you can taste the rain as it cascades down outside into the street. At, like late at night, kind of neon lights reflecting yeah. off. And that's kind of like, well, that's what I got from it. I, mean, I, like it's, I love that there's, I guess, a more, I suppose, conventional or traditional, like the songs I would have heard on the radio growing up, like, like at night with no ability to access what it was beyond hearing it in that three minute four minute burst no internet no nothing there was just something very I don't know but kind of beautifully nostalgic on this one for me like like, did you set out to make a song that I guess like paid tribute to a style of music that maybe you were in love with or anything or did it just come out by itself mm, I didn't intend anything I don't know if I intended anything with any of this song. I'll tell you that right now before you look for any, like, <laughs> like you know, that's not where my genius is. Um, I, I, Merle and, okay, I will say this. Maybe you will agree. Maybe you will not. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Merle to me, is my Timberland. And that era of music that that style that that sound that feeling actually more than that sound is something that's the thing that made me want to be a musician do you know that those are the those are the that's the sound that actually really made me I was raised on that do you know like and of course like you go back in the back catalog and we have different influences and stuff but like I wasn't we weren't making music at all for anyone but ourselves and I think it shows you know, I think that it's just very clear that there's stuff that's been in us since we were children yeah. and been in me for a very long time that just came out. And when it came out, it took this form because this is what was in me. This was what mattered to me. This is what I would have meant, I guess, when I was like a kid asking my parents for a karaoke machine so that I could like sing around the house. This is the music that like I was seeing reflected around me. And so I wanted to have a hand in making that, you know? Like, one day I want to do a lose control with you. One day I want to do, like, a rock the boat with you. One day I want to take it all the way to a sitting up in my room and do, like, a brandy thing with you. Because, you know, like, it'll be fun, actually. It will um, be fun. But, like, did you did you mean for that to happen? Um, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> because for me, like, uh, okay, that song was, like, when I met Denise, um, that's kind of the dream song that I would have had in mind because the first time I ever heard her sing was at church. And um, I just, I really admired what she brought to the church um, worship team at the time. I was like, oh, this is, she has a voice there that's very unique and reminded me very much of, like you were saying, you know, the like of Kalila and that style of R&B and that was but at the time I wasn't necessarily making that and um so when we were doing the mixtape there was a I had the drums there's one day I was just doing the drums and I had that there just, just love how spacious it was mm. then I was kind of playing keys on it then I went to the studio one time just mixing my own uh, some of the tracks I did at the time and I invited Steve over Steve Ryan then I played it to Steve, and I was like, "It was it was actually the same day we recorded. Um, what's that crazy track on my last EP? Um, the, the, They're all crazy. Yeah, but the first that the first sick. one that I what am I not remember that first one that I put out. Um, the culture. No, the, do you know when we did a video for the culture? That the one at the end of it. 
I ain't done yet. Put the pen down. Yeah, what's the chord? What's the chord? Anyway. <laughs> so uh, we recorded that the same day. And then uh, I got Steve and also Anya Doolin was in the room who played keys on that. Um, and I just got Steve. I was like, Steve, what do you think of it? And he was like, Illegible. Illegible. Thank you very much. <laughs> My goodness. And the song just, was just, called Illegible. Yeah. And it's just so naming these songs like hey or hello you know something much simpler than that but anyway so yeah illegible so the same day i got steven to record a few guitar stuff for me so that, that's when he played that and again that was one of those moments where it's like sometimes i just be trying stuff and steve actually heard something and it was like do you know that one there is slightly off there and it's like oh is it steve i didn't even know that now okay cool can we redo so we remade it <laughs> and then um i got farah l in as well after we recorded uh, this was after the vocals as well so she mm-hmm. played um she added more keys to it and by the end i'm just like yes this is exactly what i pictured in my head this is like we finally made this track mm. you know and it's just like and every time i listen to it i'm just like i'm so proud of that song in particular yeah. it's just like that you know for me that's like it's something i wanted to do with yeah. you um, and I, I'm I'm just really glad that we did it. Me too. It's currently my favorite song on this mixtape, if I can pick a favorite child. And and it was one of the last ones because I was, like I said, really intimidated by my voice because I spent a lot of times time in choirs, you know, sort of using singing as a competitive sport as opposed to something that I did for joy. And it wasn't until like I took a step away from that and just exclusively started singing on the worship team that I started to sing like because I loved it and not because I wanted to sound like someone or because I hated the way I sounded and I was trying to like actively train my voice to do something. Um, and when we sang, it's a very simple melody, actually. Um, yeah. But because like I just wanted to sing, you know, and not be really fancy, but just actually, can I write something that would make me want to sing if I heard it. Can I write something that maybe would make someone else want to just... Yeah, and know? just to have so many, like everyone that's involved as well kind of make makes it more less like... It, it was that track when we all kind of came in together. Almost yeah. anyone that worked on the project were there. And to hear... Because um, I know listening to this song, a lot of people are going to hear familiarities. It's like, oh, yeah. this sounds like this song when I was growing up. And I love that about it. But I also love the fact that, you know, if you listen to it, you hear God knows in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like all of those elements, it's just like, yeah. Baby. If you're looking for your black James Bond on show, Spice Talks Taxi by The Central on show, Sailor Moon remixed by Fela, Same one, I'm not a queen, I'm a pharaoh, show. Your black James Bond on show, Spice Talks Taxi by The Central on show, Sailor Moon remixed by Fela. My shaka my little brother could snoop you with two good minutes and a little Google search. Realize that I'm woke, but I'll take a nice nap. Don't sleep 
on me, but I bite back. Fun as an axe, I don't lack in good advice. Even my vices can't hold me back. I've done all the side quests, all the sound checks. Vision is high res, racking up. That is Ansha. It's track eight. And answering the debate that people have been having for way too long can we have a black James Bond? Yes, we can. And the answer is Denise Chyla, apparently. So, congratulations on your successful audition for the 007 franchise. Thank you very much. That is so. You know what? I'll actually just say this. When she did that, yeah, do you know the the new Bond wasn't announced yet? And I was like, yo. And then that was announced and it was like, was it, not, was it wasn't only a black person, but it was a black girl. I was like, I know. Should have been Denise though. <laughs> There's still time, you know, it can happen. We've got, life is long. Yeah. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. But I, I, like, I like the idea of this track, like the, not only the upgrading of convention, but also just like, pick me, pick me, you know, like, like and again, using the Irish language to do so. Mm-hmm. This was, um, I, for me on the record, or the mixtape, this was like my mo- the most immediate, the first one I was like, straight away I was like, yeah. And even like, I mentioned Zara Hedman there, who, you know, you're about to head off to an interview with. And we were texting each other about the mixtape. And I was, I, I said, yeah, I said, this, I said, this one track in particular that jumped out for me straight away and she went on show and I was like yeah it is <laughs> it's got a wonderful electricity to it like it's, it's sounded like you know you mentioned earlier on like enjoying the process this sounded like one of the most fun ones to record yeah it wasn't even like a it was I don't know it wasn't even necessarily me saying pick me it's kind of like I kind of don't care if you pick me because I pick me so, like, you can get with the program because yeah. I am going to be your Black James Bond. Or <laughs> you could be mad about it, sit sit over there but behind your phone screen, like, hate, hate in 140 characters or less. Um, but this could be fun for all of us. Do you know? Like, I don't know. This, this was one of my favorite songs, too, because, like, again, just having straight up fun in the studio. I was hoping to write something that would make someone laugh. <laughs> and empower them at the same time and and that someone was me and i think is an offshoot of that like it's just it's just a funny it's just a funny little intro i, I think i'm proudest of that that opening bar oh, that was just like <laughs> you know when i watched it on courage i was blown away like i was like wow this this is this is almost like made for this moment Man. right there you know and it's like do you know um even you don't know this Oh. But there is, um, that was, so Unshot and Move were the two beats that I actually didn't make for Denise. So there's a version of um, Unshot that's my song. And it what? exists. Um, but it would never see the light of day. You gave um, me your song? Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you, you killed it. You did it better. Um, you gave me your song? <laughs> world's greatest producer. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Gosh, so that, really? that's that's the thing. I did it. I did this song for. Um, it was a dedication to someone. Um, someone's uh, yeah birthday, and, and I should perform there with God knows one time. Um, yeah, that that exists. But you, you, the face Denise is making right now, by the way. Yeah, oh my goodness! I had no idea. Yeah. This is actually breaking news. I saw. I stole someone's dedication, Dave. Like, it's all right. They still have it. Okay. It's even more special now. They have that. Don't look at me. I'm 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 not stepping in here. Like, like, <laughs> like, this, this, like that's a very personal gift, you know. Like like I'm the last person you want. See, this is why. Like, <laughs> overseeing this. Man, this is like, Marley. I can't believe that. Yeah. Well, I can't believe that because it's you. But like, thank you. You're wow. Welcome. Wow. You killed it. 
Oh, man. I'm just glad I was here for this moment. You know, it's like a, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> on the song, though, real quick, you mentioned side quests. Of course, not the first reference on the record to RPGs and role-playing games. Um, I fucking hate side quests, man. They're just like, yeah. they just eat up. Like, I, I want to complete the main storyline. Like, it's yeah. just like this, this whole thing. Man, I grind way too much because, like, I... Life is hard enough. So I tend, when I play video games, to overpower my characters so I can walk through gameplay and just mow down everything in my way because I can't go to a gym and just box something. Um, That's because I have some things I need to address within myself. But it's also like, uh, I don't know, I hate side quests in real life, you see. So, like, I can tolerate them in gameplay because, like, man, uh, detours, distractions. I, I, I actually get very aggressively anti those things. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to do music. I'm trying to make my friends proud of me. And I'm trying to make sure that my mom has a house. Like, don't yeah. distract me. <laughs> so this podcast day is like a main, main mission storyline. Like, like, yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. We're, yeah. you're, you're like, good. yeah. <laughs> Hello, potion seller. Thank you for introducing me to your audience. Weary traveler. No, you can't stop me here Wet in the booth with a panic attack Went on the offense like this is my year This is my life, can't stop me here This is my choice, can't stop me here Stayed in bed for three days on my back But I still came through like your worst nightmare You on your mouth, I run things, done things You never did, no stunting Function like I'm giving this all or nothing No time wasted wondering So much Kaylee in my kapala Yes, I talk just like my father Yes, I've got my mother's instincts If I meet a ceiling, I'm going harder Can't pee on my head and call it rain lane Swear when you don't have the range Want me to think your bottom line but still won't claim your government name I know how to keep it cute but spit venom If you want proof then class is in session If I refuse to get in my own way That is you, I do. Oh. <laughs> That is track number 9 Can't stop me here Merle is getting out of his seat <laughs> So happy he is with the, with, with, with the construction that he's put together Yeah um, I guess you know I guess lyrically again like standing up to barriers dissenting voices you know I was going to ask you how much of that is external internal but I think you've gone into that quite well I guess there was something I wanted to ask earlier on when you are talking about the idea of going through this whole, I think you used the word trauma at one stage. I mean, this might be an incredibly naive question on my behalf, but I mean, like, does does a point arrive with all of this kind of self, not so much just reflection, but confrontation, where it gets easier, or is it always going to be hard? And that's the whole point. It's it gets easy when you realize it's never going to be easy. I think it got mm. it got easier for me at rock bottom. I I I genuinely hit rock bottom, and I was like, you know what? It's a cliche, but there's literally nothing I can do but go up from here. Like, I've been faced with, like, my worst case scenario in almost every capacity in my life. Um, So what do I have? Okay, I'm still breathing. Okay, after that, okay, I've still got relationships. All right, what do I do with that? If that's the only thing I have, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I just I just need to take care of me now. And that's when I got better for myself because I stopped feeling guilty about taking care of myself. And I stopped judging myself for not being like up here at the top of the mountain when I felt like I should be pursuing the path that all of my friends took. And it's like, why am I not in college? Why don't I have a degree? Why am I not uh, pursuing like marriage for real? Why am I not married? Why don't why am I not a mom? Why am I why am I still living with my parents? What 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 am I doing? Do you know, like how 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 do I get out of this place? Um, and how do I even begin to find the resources to like address all of the things that are happening with me mentally and emotionally to start to unpack that for myself 
because I don't know. Um, and Can't Stop Me Here was like a really, really important one for me. I wrote, I wrote that in the car. G parked outside of my house. We had come back from somewhere. I think we had come back from the studio that day and I was writing in my notes and we were writing about like just random things, but I was writing specifically about trauma and anxiety that day. And I was listening to Wiley, um, as I generally do when I'm looking for like inspiration, Wiley, Kano and Jamie. And uh, they start me writing a lot. And uh, by the time I had finished and I was parked in front of the car, I, I had like really internalized and adopted a lot of their just just their 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 refusal and their complete rejection of surrender, you know, and I, I think that that's. That's what got easier, you know, is the fact that I started from the position where I said, no, I have a right to be alive, to be healthy, to breathe easy, not to have nightmares, not to wake up and go around with like a torn stomach and like fear that like everything I do is wrong. I have a right to not assume I'm in the wrong in every conversation so my anxiety can die. I have a right to like, I, I just have a right to be alive and experience joy. You know, and everything that comes against that is something I also have a right to violently attack. Um, and so can't stop me here as with any um, antagonist in anything I write. I write against not people necessarily. So you haven't really heard a diss track about a person or any bars that I sent. They're not about people. They're about ideologies. They're about concepts. They're about things that also are personally holding me back. Like I am violently against anxiety and depression in my life as things which would seek to tell me that I am less than. Anything that would seek to tell me that I am less than, I refuse to give the time of day when it comes to my emotional uh, capital. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I stand on that song. And it was the first song recorded for the mixtape. It was. Ooh. You come with some really cool, fun facts, you know? I came prepared, lads. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need an autopsy to open up Where my pajamas to the corner shop I keep my eye on what makes me up I dance on the graves of dead traditions No lip service to bad religion Cleaning house like I'm playing Quidditch Can't waste time doubting my decisions Onworld catagum idolgoji I don't need permission to be free Can't affect my confidence adversely I'm well versed so you won't adverse me Round of applause for the ones who say You're clapped when you turn them down Imagine being able to be anything And choosing to stay a clown I, I could Bruce Wayne or Batman I could play nice or show you Arkham. Come in my inbox again and I'll chat to your girl and raise her standards, bad man. Don't let the internet make you brave if you wouldn't say it with face. Say it to my face. Say it with your chest. Say it with your heart. No what? Say less. I'll cross that bridge when I burn it. That is the penultimate track on the record. It's called Down. The bass line is not that dissimilar to that of Run the Jewels, uh, specifically off RTJ4, mm. just the track with uh, Pharrell and Zach DeLaRocca. Yes! And I love the fact that that happened after I made that. I know, because I, I remember talking to you earlier in the summer when I rang you first to be like, will you come on the show? It was the yeah. day that the album came out and I was like, oh, I know I'm getting in the way here, man. I know you're probably listening to RTJ4 and I'm dying to hear it myself. Yeah. And then I'm listening to this track and I'm like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> who, who took from who here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say Uncle Mike and, you know, Uncle L took it from me, but hey, great well, minds think alike to say, know, right? I'm, I'm just saying we had this recorded for, for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. We even put it out before them. We did. We did. I mean, hey. 
it is what it is. I'm willing yeah. to like start this. You know, you mentioned you're not into diss tracks. You're not into going after anybody. Oh. If you want, no, if you want to start this feud with Run the no, Jewels, no, 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 <laughs> not, 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 not with friends. Uncle Mike. No, 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 no. Those are my uncles. Yeah. Like I could never. I would never. I, I, I put my hands up automatic. I will lose. It. I, I refuse to win. Like there's no way. Um, but like just, just as an aside. Um, lads, I'm a rapper, like, so let's not forget, yeah? Like, if you do come for me, I will never start a fight with you. I will not do it. I do love you. But if you come for me, I will destroy you. That is just the way it is, because I am a rapper. Okay. So moving on from that, um, I would also like to clarify... Don't wait, wait. I'm coming. I'm coming. I would also like to clarify that I was talking about Bruce Wayne a lot. Comparing myself to Batman, I regret it. I don't, I don't, I don't stand behind it. I refuse to endorse it anymore. Iron Man is better. What? Iron Man is better. According to... Me. How? I'm the authority on this. Okay, let me tell you, yeah? Do you, I'm aware of time. We're going to have this conversation more. Sure. Okay, okay. Because I do love DC, so we're going to stay here. However, someone someone on Twitter said one time that Batman would lose all of his powers if the IRS ever audited him. And every time I think about someone sending child services to this man's house, okay, I just get shook. I'm like, no, I, I didn't mean to make those comparisons. It wasn't what I intended to do. I, I know that he just beats people up and sends them to asylums. Like, he really just made a career off of beating up criminals and, like, giving them more mental illness and I'm sorry wow. I, I, can, can you say am I wrong am I wrong I'm not I, I remember there was a Reginald D. Hunter the comedian was on How I Got News for you before and he was like Batman fucking sucks and everyone's like what Man. and he was like he was like you got this billionaire guy he uses all of his resources and time to beat up on street level crime and he was Bro. like but he said Batman's like a capitalist capitalism's wet dream yes <laughs> like, it's, it's like if Bill Gates decided to like play dumb and be like a playboy philanthropist in his like day life and then decided to like beat on people with all of his money but hey and Tony Stark is also okay but like a billionaire but like listen yeah playboy yeah, yeah, but he's open about that. He doesn't pretend to be a good person. Okay, yeah, fair he's, enough. He's deliberately like, I messed up, I should be in therapy. And he lets himself get checked by people who actually have superpowers. Like, the Hulk is there. Tony Stark is not doing anything. Tony Stark is going to get flattened real quick if he decides to step out of line. And I appreciate that about him is that, you know, yeah. Yeah. So this song might require a video game patch type update. Okay. Any... No, I we stand behind it. This is what we're saying. I'm showing you my rough work in real time, okay? But just, you know, moving forward, uh, no, no, no comparisons to Batman against me shall prosper. Thank you very much. Noted. I, I will say I enjoyed the use of clown as an insult, though. That, oh, thank you. That's always a good one. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I can't, like, 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 how do you feel about this whole superhero clash? I'm shocked. I, I, if you're shocked, then I, I don't know what to even feel anymore, because I'm like, how come this wasn't even expressed? Because I only we, thought about it recently. We would have taken that off the... Tape. We but might have had to redo I, I had that some track. growing to do, you see. If if I were to rewrite that track, I that's would compare true, myself true. to Poison Ivy now, who is a villain. I admit that. I accept that. I do. But like, I would rather be like an eco. Yeah. It's a no, mixed not going I did there. Say that. We're, we're, not going we're there. letting everything go. Anyway. So that's <laughs> next time. Next time, the entire <laughs> podcast time. is going to be about this kind of stuff. Ready. So much. 
rises and falls on your perspective and attitude. The way you view the thing will determine what it is you actually do. So never let what you think you know determine how your life unfolds. And don't ever create a definition for impossible. Just go. Bravely. Yeah. Beautiful, I'm lovable, you need to know I'm not alone, I won't be stopped I have my God inside of me, my head is on outside of me I'm so untouchable, show me what's impossible Show me where I cannot go, show me what's impossible Pause, let me stop you there Be the intrepid explorer of Who is I'm that handsome voice on the <laughs> final track here? Go Bravely, last track on the album That's the one <laughs> It's your boy <laughs> Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's I got him early. The restraint to keep yourself, you know, like 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 the big finish. You know, it's like the the proper, you know, guest cameo coming in. You yeah, know, the last thing you'll hear. Like this is genius level production. Like this is proper. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad when people, you know, like get this little thing because it's like she said, "Go bravely." So um, I went you and did. I I did uh, on that track. I probably brought everything that I've been playing with musically so far you know I sang on it I rapped I produced mm-hmm. I I did all the you know little mix mixing tricks that I kind of wanted to try and it all just worked I think it worked really well um, it's got I, a fantastic march to it the drums are fucking so good you like, know like literally like when I was writing that I was actually marching literally marching and, and like I did I've always kind of liked the idea of like no, writing verses, and that's one of those verses that I didn't have to write. I just kind of stood in there and just, like, started saying things on rhythm, just mm. so it has that feel. Because if I was writing it, I probably would have been following a certain rhythm or patterns and stuff that didn't exist. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, I'm just going to do my thing here. And, um, yeah, I really, really loved how that came together, you know. It's a, and it was the last track we did as well, and... Mm-hmm. Perfect track to end it. Denise, you put out a tweet recently. Uh, you said, um, I get asked a lot if I'm more hopeful, quote unquote, about where we are in a country racially. The truth is we've only barely begun a conversation. Before I can be hopeful for our future, we have work to do, but we will do it. Be brave about the truth. It actually saves lives. Um, I guess, like, with regards to uh, the questions that you are facing, I mean, are we asking the wrong questions is what, was all, what, what I would want to know. No, I think I think the problem comes when we think that we stop at questions. It's not that we're asking the wrong questions. We're just not asking enough questions. And we're not asking enough people, you know. Um, and we're not asking ourselves those questions enough either. Um, I, I, I know that, you know, we are coming to a very, very beautiful place in this country where we are seeing who our allies are. And we're seeing very clearly what the opposition is. And we're seeing very clearly these issues in the facade showing themselves starkly in a way they never have before because things are coming out of the woodwork and that's what telling the truth does. We see who we need to protect and we see who is deliberately and adamantly trying not to protect those people and out going out of their way actually to cause them deep harm. Um, and I think that as a community of people, it's the question is not, uh, are we doing anything wrong? The question is not, are we hopeful? Because hope cannot exist where the work isn't done. Um, I, th- I think the question is, what are we building? 
you know, because this is the time to build. This is the time to consolidate those relationships as much as we'd like to imagine otherwise. This is a long term thing. It's not a it's not a sprint, but it's also not a marathon. I think Jane Fonda said this. It's a relay race. You're learning, you are growing, you are building community, and you have to pass on knowledge. That's going to happen from your children up. It's going to happen from you down. It's going to happen across the board with your peers. And that's not going to stop happening because colonization has been around for years. But not just that. We can't stop there because that will just mean that in a few years, we're going to have to like fixate on another issue. <laughs> the issue here at the heart of us all is integrity and our relationship with the truth and what we're willing to do in terms of of letting the truth change us as people and how that penetrates not just our public lives, but our personal internal personas and whether or not we can be satisfied on our own in our privacies just with knowing that we ourselves are doing the work, even if no one is following you, that you are going and you are making it work and that you are standing up and that you are doing what you wish you could see happen in front mm -hmm. of you because that's when I will have hope. You know, when things are done in secret that can never be screamed about, but which you will see the effects of in years and years and years to come. Um, and, and this is, I think, what I mean by go bravely. That will happen on a macro and on a micro level. That will happen with personal empowerment. That will happen when you stop accepting self-flagellation as your lot and start moving towards a certain confidence that encourages you to say, I can't waste any more time doubting myself. I have to take all that energy I'm putting there and actually use it to fuel projects and use it to fuel people and make sure that we are okay first. That starts with us, you know? Um, so go bravely. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, in a year that has been fucking, like, intense negativity all the time, and even just people's reactions, just like what people are putting out into the world, whether it's just like, you know, social media commentary or whatever, like, I find myself obviously like everybody else overwhelmed and you know by, by all means of course be mad and react to the state of the world yes. but at the same time i think even just those two words put together go bravely like there's something there's a nice positive affirmation there there's the idea maybe of being able to overcome and you know i hope that that's a message that shines through obviously it comes down to the individual mm. but i think it's i think it's fucking great that it's out there in, in any capacity i think it, I mean, we need more of that idea, just mm. something to be able to lift oneself up, which has been, as you've said a couple of times, both of you have said, like, it's very difficult thing to do. Mm. Um, and I guess the manifestation of a creation of a mixtape like this can go some way to doing that. Um, so I guess, yeah, I, I know, like, we've talked a lot about this, th th this piece of work, and I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. But uh, thank you both so much, Denise and Merle, for taking time today and, and chatting for to us. Thanks for having us. I really, really loved learning about go bravely today <laughs> with you yeah. yeah this was this was this was worth it i really appreciate it thank you and thanks for putting up with us always <laughs> thanks <laughs>Thanks again to Denise, Child and Murley for their time. We got them on a very busy couple of days. They had a lot of press commitments and I'm thrilled that we got something substantial like this in. In truth, we were up against it and I need to say a huge, huge thank you to Connor, the Head Stuff Podcast Studios, for helping us out and for being so generous with his own time. 
In a way, I feel like we only scratched the surface, and maybe that's fitting. Go Bravely is deservedly receiving a ton of praise in the days since its release, but as Denise and Merle have illustrated, this really is just the beginning. I sent a long WhatsApp voice note to somebody about a week ago, in which I basically fucking monologued about next year's Ordi Choice Music Prize and how I think it's going to be an extremely difficult task for the judges, such as the wealth of great Irish music that we're currently experiencing, and are going to experience still over the next couple of months to come. I was thinking about Go Bravely and whether or not it will qualify as a mixtape, you know, because it's not a designated quote-unquote album. My take is that it will, that Denise's aura is too pulsating to dismiss, that it will be in contention along some truly great Irish albums by the time March arrives. But that's boring industry talk for some. The crux of what I'm getting at, in the voice note as well, is where this project can go from here. As far as I'm concerned, and I'm far, far from the only one, Denise Murley and God knows have terrifying potential. And it might sound weird considering two of these three have won the choice prize before, lest we forget. But there's the real sense of a new chapter forming here before our eyes and ears. Something hugely inclusive, something nationwide and beyond even those borders, something truly resonant and exciting. Often on the encore when talking about solo artists who boast a specifically kinetic energy, I'm thinking Vince Staples and Denzel Curry right at this moment, I find myself thinking about them and always saying that they can do anything, and the new metal, industrial, hardcore, post-rock obsessive in me always says that I'd love for them to start a band. Denise, Merle, and God knows are a band for me, and I feel that their ideas and application will expand in a really interesting and vital way. I was going to say in time, but it is happening right now, and it's really fucking exciting. On that note, thank you once again to Denise, to Murley, to God Knows, to Connor in the studio, to Sonic Architect Adam for putting this together in post, to Sheena Madden, who's one of the busiest women in the industry right now, with the acts that she's looking after and has been a pleasure to work with this year, and to you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to this show. Support us at patreon.com slash noencore. New episodes of the show, myself and Craig, land every Friday, in which we talk news, album reviews, and fun top five lists on a specific subject. This week, for example, it's all about disco. But also, make time for Go Bravely by Denise Chyla. You will not regret it. My name is Dave Hanratty. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. We're back real soon. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.